0: Hey, what's up everybody welcome to simple theology podcast i'm your host robert kane
1: and i'm your other host rick romlick glad and, you're here
0: yeah we are glad you're here and this is the first time with this new intro that yeah, rick and i, I are both I, from. I pulled a quick one on me last time i did and you seem and you seem to like it
1: now uh, we're, we're feeling it out. We're, we're checking it out we'll see what we'll you guys it. think we'll see yeah exactly yeah, yeah. yeah we're, we're excited to try it out Uh, We're excited that you're with us today and going to listen to the episode. We're going to talk about judgment today um, and how judgment is not relative. Uh, We have a moral law, and uh, Rob has some great applications for us at
0: the end. Mm, Yeah, get it from good old Wayne Grudem.
1: Grudem. So stay tuned. Look forward to hearing your responses from today's episode. Hey, what's up, man? Hey, hey.
0: Hey, hey. Back at it. We already feel a little awkward starting this episode since we're not starting it the normal way.
1: We don't have like the long kind of like mental prep. Exactly. You know, you get to do your
0: your mental warm-ups while I'm doing the introduction.
1: Yeah. Well, I usually just spend it debating, am I going to say my name or am I going to say something else? Yeah, exactly. That's about the only thing that goes Uh through my head. uh
0: See, that's the real reason that I came up with this new way of... (laughs)
1: throw me off my game huh Yeah, exactly all right. All right.
0: exactly how
1: you been what's going on uh doing well it's uh, another day thankfully it's sunny today it's been kind Dude. of like a stretch of cold and, and Very gray. Nice day. Today. and uh, super appreciative of that and yeah it's been a really productive day so i feel good about that what have you gotten done today oh um, well have not a like lot a, of it's not a facetious <laughs> yeah, way right. of asking <laughs> no i know exactly <laughs> what you're asking
0: all right what have you rick's, gotten done today
1: rick's productivity quote-unquote <laughs> when did you get done huh would you like read an article or something <laughs> take out the trash
0: <laughs> yeah exactly so um, what, what uh would you check off the yeah, list
1: so i've i gotta think i wrote a couple recommendation letters i um did a lot of reading which was good nice. i went through and gave you a bunch of um edits for the church, church website that hope to get done sometime oh, yeah, yeah yeah um did some benevolence things for the church, and oh, there's like four or five other things, but I can't remember what they were. Oh, there was a good – I should send this to you. Um, good video I found. I've been looking for this video for a while. Andy Stanley, which we've talked a little bit about Andy Stanley theologically. But he has uh, a yeah. video talking about leadership in the midst of uncertainty. Okay. And It's actually really, really good. Um, and he just says we, we just have to be really clear and flexible. Um no matter what happens, we don't know what, what the future holds, but we just be clear with our people what God has called us to do. Yeah. So anyway.
0: So what I'm hearing is you're giving um, yeah. public one hundred percent endorsement to An- <laughs> Andrew Stanley.
1: Um that'd be incorrect. <laughs> no, but no, no I've actually I, like, we we talked about um his stuff before like we're we're not really big fans of him as a a pastor or theologian uh per se i think his his dad has some some really good stuff um but he's kind of a a generation before us yeah charles stanley um i've heard yeah i mean he's got good leadership exactly
0: i've heard that andy stanley's leadership stuff stuff is actually really good material yeah it is i I can't say from first-hand experience i haven't read his stuff
1: um i'll pass his stuff on to you little clips here and
0: there but nothing extensive
1: and you can let me know what you think about it.
0: Yeah. Send it over.
1: Um, yeah, man, stuff like that. Um, that's about it for the day so far prepared for this episode. Nice. That take a lot of time. Mm, I'm uh, sure. I'm sure. And yeah. How about you? What's your day been like so far? What's new? Uh, yeah, Rob. Yeah.
0: Just doing some work stuff, still working from home because of the quarantine and, um, did about two minutes of prep for this episode. So that's good. That's really good. All right. Um, and trying to think, we, we've we been doing a ton of work out back. Dude, mm. our, our backyard looks just terrible. It's so bad. Wow. We, we deconstructed the deck that went around the, the hot tub. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And there were just so many nasty bugs in there. And like that thing was infested with bugs. So it's a good thing we took it down. And now we're just kind of cutting up the pieces and trying to get them in, in bags. But,
1: your like, trash man that you yeah. screw over every every week. <laughs> exactly, dude. You I need to take care of that, that guy.
0: I know. I don't know how to. I don't know. We'll think of something. Um, but yeah, I mean, nothing crazy. Just had a nice little biscuit that, Good, that yeah. I made. I don't know. Dude,
1: those you, um, you gave one to me a while back. Yeah, what'd you think of phenomenal. it? Phenomenal. Phenomenal. Scale of
0: one to ten. Just for my own sake. Scale of one to ten.
1: Well, that's kind of like a relative thing. I mean, am I comparing you against like Martha?
0: Or who's Martha?
1: Come on, Martha Stewart.
0: Oh, <laughs> dude! What is this? Like twenty years ago?
1: <laughs> oh, I no, feel we should like, watched uh, Martha Stewart. I feel like anyway, uh, Her and Oprah just
0: have a huge rivalry going.
1: She was the first. Um, she anyway. No, they were good. I'll just leave it at that. I don't want to. I don't want to tweak your one way. That means or the other. you're
0: sparing me from her no, feelings.
1: Nope, it's not. It means I'm sparing you from yourself, Rob. Mm. Because oh. I know you, and you'll take it.
0: I was really hoping to get that ten.
1: That's okay. Yeah. <laughs> It's a 10 in my book. Well, okay. Well, first of all, that was your first time baking exactly. any kind of pastry, so... Exactly. No, but they were fun. They were really good. I'm well, telling thank you, you, I man. Kinda, you I appreciate know, that. A platter of them. I appreciate that a You're lot. You're welcome. Thank yeah, you. No problem. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool. So, we're so beginning... what... Are...
0: Whoa. <sighs> no, look, you, at first. look at us. Look at us, Gil. we are getting into the uh, final judgment or judgment today. Mm. We're continuing our series on the confessions, and we yeah. are looking at the second to last chapter if i'm not mistaken right
1: second to last confession yes
0: yeah second to last chapter of the confession right because we're we're going by the abstract
1: they they call them chapters
0: or section whatever yeah yeah the
1: next one is salvation that's the last one Mm. and then we're gonna put this one to bed
0: rick how excited are you
1: I'm, you know what? I'm excited. I hit like a midway point going yep. through the confessions. I was like, okay, this is her. but, um, to round it out, finish strong, you know, it is really good. Like just kind of a holistic, um, it's not like a systematic theology, but it's a, we have said this before. It's a great place to start if you have questions about like some of the basic tenets of the faith or mm-hmm. what it means, you know? So I'm, I'm pumped. How about you?
0: Yeah. I'm looking forward to it because I like, I like having um, some kind of structure behind what we're going to be talking about next to just kind of take some of the prep work out of it. So that's been nice. But Mm -hmm. um, I am excited to start talking about some other things, even though I love the confessions. I'm still very excited. Mm -hmm. If someone would want to talk about the confessions, I would be very excited to do that. But I am looking forward to having the freedom to talk about other things.
1: Well, and I think we will probably be referencing these a lot as we go forward and things trigger our memory like, hey, remember back in the confessions, mm. or, check out the episode on the confessions. Yep. So it's a great resource. Looking yep. forward to it. So today, today,
0: today we're talking about final judgment and I'm going to give mm-hmm. a um, brief definition mm-hmm. and then uh, we can hop right into it. So final judgment, mm-hmm. this doctrine affirms that when Christ, the merciful and righteous King of the earth returns, all human beings will be held accountable for their lives, resulting in eternal condemnation or eternal blessedness.
1: Hmm. Blessedness meaning heaven. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, Presence of God. New new heaven, new earth. Yep. Cool. Yep. Yeah. So, um, as we always do, we walk through uh, four... Well, really, yeah. Four different confessions. We always talk about the London Baptist Confession of sixteen eighty nine and the Westminster Confession of sixteen forty seven are, are very similar to each other. Um, and we also talk about the New Hampshire Confession. But our kind of guide through this thing is the uh, principle of ab- abstract of principles. The principle, the principle, of, principle of abstracts. Of abstracts. <laughs> if you're gonna make an abstract, here are the principles. Exactly. Far. No, but it is. Um, it was came out in eighteen fifty eight, so it's pretty new. Um, Still not sure how it's gonna how it's gonna work out, but we think it might stand the test of time. <laughs> yeah. um, you, wanna anyway,
0: you want to read that? You want to?
1: I want you to go for okay. it.
0: All right, all right. Well, let's get over here. Here we go. You got this. Judgment. God hath appointed a day, wherein He will judge the world by Jesus Christ. When everyone shall receive according to his deeds, the wicked shall go into everlasting punishment. The righteous into everlasting life about a pal
1: you did a great job i had to close my door while you're doing that but i'm sure you did a great job thank you appreciate that yeah so there's a couple things i want to point out or one thing i want to point out in the abstract and we're going to see this again in um the westminster but it just starts out that god has appointed a day Hmm. um and i think especially in a time with great uncertainty and there's you know the world just seems to be perpetual in this perpetual state of, of like wickedness and bad things are happening, and, and it can seem monotonous at best, hopeless at at worst, even for believers, uh, because it's like perpetual just sin and darkness. That God has a point in a day when He will judge. So, first of all, that brings a lot of emotion of, like I think, fear for some people and excitement for others. Um, definitely should bring trepidation for all people. But God has appointed a day when he will set all things right, when everything will be laid out, all the injustices will be uh, made right, all the, the righteous deeds or the selfless deeds will be acknowledged, and the Lord has appointed a day for that. So it's very exciting and, and hopeful.
0: Yeah, Amen. Uh we definitely, um, <coughs> we should definitely be aware that if you look at the Bible very closely, you can begin to see a bit of a, like a hidden code that if you begin to pick up on it, you can actually figure out what Wait. day.
1: Da Vinci code? Yeah. Oh, it, oh, the what day thing, yeah. Uh-huh, you,
0: you can figure out what day uh, judgment will be. I'm not going to say it on here because it, it's kind of like a, a hidden society type thing um but yeah <laughs> april, april we know 21st. when it is oh. <laughs> <laughs> no nobody knows when it is um right. and in fact all those who have claimed that they know when it is uh have a zero percent success rate so if anybody yeah. says that they do know when christ is returning that they do know when the final judgment is um you could just shake your head and go on no, about you your day.
1: yeah and we talked about this before where people you know people the whole sky—the sky's falling. This is the end times. It could be. We've been in it for two thousand years. Yeah. So Jesus could come back tomorrow, um, or it can come back in five hundred years. But we're not going to take uh, a whole lot of stock in maybe a Middle East crisis or a tsunami, um, and say, "Okay, this is it." You know?
0: Yeah. No, exactly. What's yeah. that verse that says, "No one knows the day or the hour." I've been trying to look it up. Uh, no one knows the day or the hour. Math. 26 no 24 24 24 24, 36 nope yeah there you go nice try Mm -hmm. Uh, yeah matthew 24 36 but concerning that day and hour no one knows not even the angels of heaven nor the son but the father only
1: yeah now earlier that chapter in verse 14 it does say that um the gospel we proclaim to all the all the nations, and then the end will come. Yeah. And so some people have a there's a connection there, but we don't know when the Lord is going to do that, and He could do that in a moment. Um, He could do it tomorrow. So yeah, we and can't say, well, hey, we got time because there's still a, you know unreached people groups. It's
0: yeah, a, and a security. Grudem has a good portion in his systematic theology where he explains that that yes, we mm-hmm. believe that certain things need to happen before Christ returns. However, things that are listed there may very well have happened <laughs> or they may happen without us realizing how close we are to it happening. Right. Um yeah. so at the end yeah, of the Yeah, because
1: most of scripture says, listen, it's gonna come on you like a thief in the night. Yeah. Like it's just gonna happen. And so that's how I think we need to be prepared and live our lives. Like It could happen anytime. So don't be thinking, hey, I got time.
0: Yeah. Yep. No, exactly. Now, there's also something in there to um, pick up on. In that passage, it talks about how no one knows, not even the angels, nor the Son, but only the Father. Mm -hmm. So some people may use this as a proof text to say, hey, clearly um, the Son is different. So Mormon theology would say that... Um, Jesus is a God, but he is not the God. He's not the Father. And you see that by seeing how they have two different minds here, that the Father knows something, but the Son doesn't. Mm-hmm. And you, something we have to we have to take all of Scripture in context here. So right, right. Um, there's countless passages that would say that that would be sufficient evidence for the Trinity. But this passage in particular we want to um, hone in on because Jesus is saying that not even he knows the day that he returns. Mm -hmm. However, something we have to um, understand is that Jesus is 100% human and he's also 100% God. So when he says he doesn't know something, or when he says, not my will, but yours be done, it's not that him and the father's wills are contrary to one another. It's not that he as God doesn't know something, but he's saying he in his human form doesn't know the answer to this thing that he's saying when he says, not my will, but yours be done. He's, he's not saying that my will is opposed to yours. Um, but he's saying that I'm laying down my human will, my desire to stay alive, my desire to not be physically hurt. Um, and I'm submitting it to the will of God. So just trying to shed some light there. That's not what this whole episode's about, but just wanted to elaborate a little bit there on that.
1: Yeah. I'm, um, just looking for, a passage i'm not exactly sure but just talking about the this is the, the the incarnation of christ i mean he humbled himself right he um took on the flesh of man so he in a sense limited himself for his time on earth yeah uh, isn't that so, ephesians
0: where he emptied himself Is that what you're referring to
1: um i didn't, I stopped looking, but okay. I'm thinking of Maybe it's about Colossians and then Philippians. There's two texts in there.
0: Yeah, it's probably Philippians. But okay. anyway,
1: so we are talking about the judgment. This is the, f- the final judgment, um, the big finale. Yeah. So, so as I, we talk – Go okay. ahead. Okay. No. Ahead. Nope, all you. I was just going to transition us out to something, to the next um, – to New Hampshire. But if you have something to add to that verse. Yeah, yeah. Well, well, I just
0: wanted to point out that in the abstract um, – that God is, he does have a day that he's appointed for judgment, but he's doing mm-hmm. it through Jesus Christ. Yeah. And so Jesus, being the one who lived a perfectly righteous life, has every right to judge. And yeah. and God being completely holy, and therefore Jesus being completely holy, because Jesus is God in the flesh, um, and the Son being a part of the Trinity, mm-hmm. um, he has appointed Christ to judge. And so um, we will be judged according to the measure by which the judge chooses to judge which is going to be um against complete holiness and complete righteousness and we get into that a little bit in the 1689 in the standard that mm-hmm. um is going to be judged but it's not going to be us being judged by one another we're not going to collectively as a human race mm-hmm put one another on trial and say you were better than the other person. And so therefore you're admitted in the standard is not amongst ourselves. The standard is um, God's standard. And how do we live up to that? And so um, it's going to be God himself through Jesus who ends up making that decision.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And we, you know, I think John chapter five, verse 22 and 27 point to that, that um, it will be uh, God, the son who judges us and then- that should bring great um, encouragement to us because he's perfect. He cannot be weighed. He's not prejudiced. Um, he, he can't be bought off, hmm. you know, and he knows all like evidence will be brought out. There will be no speculation. Um, you know, there won't be like this cross examination. It's like, well, the evidence is kind of shoddy on this. No, like it will be uh, perfect.
0: Yeah. And nothing gets past him. I mean, yeah. What is it? Ecclesiastes twelve fourteen, 14, that um, God will bring every act to judgment. Yes. Not really. just the big ones. Not just the ones that, are oh, this one, this is going to be brought up on judgment. It, it's literally right. every act he's going to bring to judgment, Damn. including every hidden thing, whether good or evil. So your yeah. whole life, and we say whole life, like every aspect of your life, every act is going to be brought into judgment.
1: Which is uh, astonishing, yeah. really. I mean, it's remarkable. So... As the confessions talk with this, I mean, we we've as you guys have hopefully walked through us walked with us through these confessions. Um, we kind of just take snippets of each one. They get pretty lengthy, so we're not going to read them all. Um, but in the the New Hampshire, I just want to read a portion of it, about half of it, and it's talking about um, the wicked and what and what kind of happens there. It's the second part or the latter half of. Um, chapter 18 on judgment. It says, the wicked will be adjudged to endless punishment and the righteous to endless joy and that this judgment will fix forever the final state of men in heaven or hell on the principles of righteousness. So a couple things I want to point out. One, that this is forever, right? It's a final state of heaven or hell. We know that for sure. But this last part, it says on the principles of righteousness. Now, this might confuse people because oftentimes we talk about how Christianity is, um, it's not a religion of do, do, do. It's not a religion of works. Christ has done the work. And so when we say on the principles of righteousness, you will stand before judgment day and be judged either on your righteousness or the righteousness of Christ. So as believers, we have Christ's righteousness. He has stood in our place. Uh, This is what we celebrated a couple weeks ago at Easter—that He atoned for us, and we stand in His righteousness. Or you can stand before uh, God and be judged on your uh, the basis of your own righteousness, which is nothing. It's as filthy rags. That's the best of them. Yeah. So it's important for us to remember that when that judgment comes, and punishment is brought out for the wicked and reward is brought out, It's still you're still not being rewarded for what you did. It's it's what Christ has done for you. And so we need to be uh, reminded of that, encouraged by that. It will be a judgment based on righteousness. Um, and it's either on our righteousness or Christ's righteousness in our place.
0: Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, yeah, you were talking about how um, we're, we're going to be um, judged at the end date. On the last day, I'm trying to get what I'm trying to say here out of my mouth, but I'm tripping over Welcome everything. Welcome to my world, man. Oh, You'll man. get through it. It's good it's to be here. Right. Anyways, um, glad to have you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So every everybody who has died, and mm-hmm. everyone who is going to die, every single person is going to be brought before the judgment. So that's just something that, um, again, needs to be pointed out that it's not it's not just some things in your life, it's every act is going to be brought into judgment. Mm -hmm. And it's not just for some people, it's for everyone. So every person who has ever lived is going to experience this judgment. And and you say, well, what about the people who uh, were, who died before Christ? Or what about the people who um, have already died? Have they already experienced judgment? Mm -hmm. Um, But what we see in, in first Corinthians 15, starting in verse 20, it says, but as it is, Christ has been raised from the dead. The first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. So, um, Paul's talking about how Christ being raised from the dead, he, he's the first one. We talked about this in an earlier mm-hmm. episode. We were talking about the resurrection. Um, he's the first one to have been resurrected to a new glorified body. And so, yeah. Scripture calls him the first fruits of those um, who have fallen asleep in Christ. Uh, and it goes on For since death came through a man, the resurrection of the dead also comes through a man and it goes on to talk about how in all um in Adam all die but then in Christ um all be made alive and um what we see is that through Christ what you Rick, what you just said through Christ we have the opportunity that even though when we sit before God and we have our entire life judged before us every act good and evil the guarantee is that we will fall short 100 yeah but through christ the guarantee is we will be accepted and it's not because of works done by us like you said it's through the work that was done through christ and so oftentimes exactly. when pre- when presenting the gospel people will just jump to the good news but there actually has to be a, a healthy explanation of why there needs to be good news and the judgment mm-hmm. here helps elaborate that a little bit to be able to say hey Everyone, every single person is headed towards judgment and every act will be judged. And brother, you are going to fall short. And so there something needs to happen. Otherwise, you're going to get the just reward for falling short. Right. And so that is where the gospel comes in. So just wanted to lay that out there that not only does will all of our acts be judged, but it's mm-hmm. that's not just for some people. It's also for all people. Every single person will have every single act judged.
1: Right. Yeah. It's not just those who who claim to be Christians or mm-hmm. if, or those who have rejected. It is for all people yeah. throughout all time. And it is scary. Um sobering for sure. I, I think it should bring um, like I said, some trepidation and some seriousness to our sobriety, to our our life. And what you know, even the things I get convicted about this like, man, what 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 i watch um i'm not like out there watching like game of thrones and stuff but we just stuff that has like crude jokes or whatever i don't know or even th- some, the the language that i use or whatever again i, I don't cuss like a sailor or anything like that but when you think that you're going to give an account for all that yeah and it's not like it's not like a a who's just out to like ruin your fun his desire his goal is for our own holiness so that we can be in relationship with him and give him glory yeah and so when you think okay i'm gonna i'm not gonna stand like okay was this stand be judged was this deed good bad you know thumbs up thumbs down but did it bring glory and honor to my savior the Mm. one who 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 left heaven came to earth for me does it bring him glory and honor it's like man that's that's tough it's heavy yeah it's also Um, go ahead No, you go.
0: Well, uh, you were talking about glory and honor, and it's also worth noting that in Revelation 19, um, Mm -hmm. it says salvation, glory, and power belong to our God because Mm -hmm. his judgments are true and righteous. Like this glory and this honor and this power, they belong to God for uh, numerous reasons. I mean, you could just lay, lay out the one reason he's God. Like, right. But one other reason is because his judgments are true and his judgments are righteous. It would be yeah, really yeah. scary if this omnipotent, this, om, this completely powerful, completely knowing, um, this all-present God that rules and sustains the universe, if he were not good. But because he is good, he has to bring sin, evil. He has to bring that to justice he has to address it and so um just to build off what you said about how every moment um of our lives should be bringing god glory one Mm -hmm. of the reasons is because he's worthy of the glory because his judgments are true and righteous
1: preach it brother it's it's hard for us to to it's just one of those things that it becomes this gap between our head and our heart with yeah he's he's god he's good he's just so he's gonna judge justly what's that mean for us like practically what's that mean for you right now in the next 24 hours you know that god is is holy and perfect and right and he's going to judge you um like that's weighty that's serious stuff mm-hmm. um and i don't know if you have any more to add on to the new hampshire um
0: um i said raised from the for... yeah no i covered it
1: yeah, yeah. so um, even in the London Baptist Confession of 1689, which we know is not the uh, original date, but it's the re-released date. Is that like 2.0 or something like that? The
0: 1689? Yeah. Yeah, it was originally written New story right there. like 10 Some or so time. years before. Yeah, but they weren't allowed to publicly endorse it until right. a law passed in England. And Again
1: so- – a newer confession, yeah, new on the scene here, just uh, kind of making its debut. So we'll see how long mm-hmm. it lasts. Um, Fresh off the press, but, yeah. It says the Gutenberg Press. <laughs> <laughs> it says on there um, in section two of this, the London Baptist Confession, says the end of God's appointing this day is for the manifestation of the glory of His mercy in the eternal salvation of the elect and of his justice and the eternal damnation of, of the retrobate, who are wicked and disobedient. Hmm. And I think it's important to remember that ultimately, um, this goes back to God. This goes back to, to his goodness and, and who he is. Even though it's a judgment day where he will judge humanity, it's, a, it's not even about humanity ultimately. It is about the Lord displaying his glory through his mercy towards those he has saved, those he has atoned for, and his justice over those that he will uh, condemn to hell for their wickedness and their rebellion. Yeah. Now, I, I get the, there's a lot of like in that sentence was a heck of a lot of really serious stuff. God has saved some people; he will condemn others, and this is all for eternity. And we live in a day and age where these are not really popular thoughts. It's not popular to yeah. that heaven, that hell's real. Heaven, everyone's cool with heaven. Oh that's yeah, that's cool hell not cool um and i get it like i don't want to go to hell yeah. i don't want anyone i know to go to hell um but the reality is that i'm also kind of cool with some of my sin or with the sin around me like not the bad stuff but there's some stuff like you know, it's not a big of a deal like you know mm. and it's like no god is not cool with that like yeah. that is what jesus died for and so he will he has to make all things right he has to be just because he is a just god and so you um to be kind of you know, try with it. Like if you you play that game, you gotta you gotta pay. And this is the world we he has created. This is the world we live in. We've chosen for those who have chosen to rebel against God. You've chosen to rebel against God, and He will judge you for that. And those that that God has saved, you know, it's by His mercy He has saved us, and we need to give Him glory and honor for that, and and fully submit to Him for those things.
0: Yeah, yeah. Cause, I mean, because
1: you look like you were gonna jump in.
0: Well, it was. Um...
1: Jump in, baby. Come okay, on, get in here. Um, I appreciate
0: that. You kind of hit on it, but I wanted to elaborate a little bit more. You must have been reading my mind or something, but why do you think judgment is like such a – like why, why does our culture hate the idea of judgment so much? What, what would you venture to say that that would be or why that would be? Um, Rick, the anthropologist. Yeah. yeah. Give us, oh, give I, us a study a lot, of man.
1: A, yes. So um, five Push I your could, glasses I'll up a little bit sky. on your nose. Yeah, I should put my glasses on to read better that way. Um, I think ultimately we want to be right. Okay. I mean we you know, so well let me let me rephrase that. I
0: think you're onto something there. I've just given you space to no. flush it out.
1: Thank you, thank you. Because there's a lot of things. I think ultimately we want to be um, we're, our flesh. You know, we want to have the knowledge of good and evil. We want to be like God. We want to be right, but yet we want to do what we want to do. So I want to be able to indulge in my sin or whatever my flesh wants, mm-hmm. and yet still be right. And um, you just can't have that. Well, I think you can't get have your cake and eat it too
0: yeah and i think tying that together is that because we have that desire to indulge in our sin we try to make ways by which yep. we affirm it and we say this is right yep. there's nothing wrong right. with this, this or is... you
1: can't you can't judge me on that yeah
0: yeah exactly so we yeah we...
1: because here's here's the thing like 50 years ago 50 years ago um to take a, just a, a, a common thing or we'll say a, we'll say 80 years ago uh, people were not debating whether you could take a, a a two week old baby out the womb and and who was not viable without its mother their argument was never okay is this a human being or not nobody argued that yeah people are literally having i mean i'm talking about intellectual thought leaders having that conversation of when does it become life and when is it okay to 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 stop aborting it or doing away with it or whatever mm-hmm that that is a is a snapshot of how a society has shifted morally and with that shift because we want certain things, we want freedom, we, whatever, um we change truth. So right then and there people are saying, okay, you can't judge me on that. Well eighty years ago, I and mean, you would literally be put to death for that, because that's murder. Well the narrative changed, the culture changes, and now the the, the conversation is, well you can't judge me for that. Yeah. So so in 80 years, you know, if the Lord tarries, who knows what, you know, what people will be debating as far as what can be judged and what cannot be judged. Yeah, yeah. Um, You know? So, no, like, for 50 sure. years ago, people people were judging people about homosexuality. They're not judging people anymore. You're not getting – Well, they are. It's just their judgment's into... changed. Well, but i mean just saying you can't – you're not being taken to a courthouse. Yeah, a yeah. A little justice system. Yeah, yep, 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 yep. You know, so –
0: yeah, no, anyway. I, see, I see what you're saying. Um, and yeah, I, I think you're right. I think what we end up doing is we end up doing one of two things. We either try to um, justify it and say that this is mm-hmm. right, um, or we try to write it off and say, well, that's true for you, but not for me. And so right. we, I, right. think, I think when we start to indulge our flesh, one of those two things happen. Um, but if we submit ourselves to the Scriptures, then we begin to mm-hmm. realize that there's a justice system, there's a standard That is outside of ourselves. And um, we have to say, okay, well, where does that standard come from? Well, it comes from the only one who is perfectly righteous and perfectly holy. And so we, we understand, and this is like a presuppositional thing, but like where is it that we get these ideas of right and wrong? There has to be some kind of moral law. And the moral law, it can't be based off of what other people think because then you could say that the what the Nazis were doing to Jews is okay because everyone agreed that it was okay at right. that time. And so it's got to be something outside right. of us. And um, that means that there, as Ravi Zacharias said there, if there's a moral law, there has to be a moral law giver. And if there's a moral law giver, then who would that be? Right. have to be God. Um, so.
1: And, and, and just to add to that, yeah, his, just to, to kind of con to further reinforce that argument if you say, okay, there doesn't have to be a lawgiver, then you can't say anything is evil. Mm-hmm. I know you can kinda of hit on this with the whole Nazi thing, but like when you look at what's going on in the world, there's most definitely evil. So you might struggle with if there's good or not. But let me let's talk for a moment if if there is evil or not. And you know, you're have a hard, hard time denying evil. Yeah. And if you if you do not deny evil, then there has to be a moral law giver.
0: Yeah, exactly. Because that's what, I mean, that's the whole argument that Ravi does. He says, because that's the explanation he gives when, it's one of the explanation he gives when people say, I don't believe in God because of evil in the world. I said, well, right. if there's evil, that means there's good. And if there's good, that means there's more law, if there's more law, there's more law giver. And so, yeah, you're right. I mean, it, it's, people um, yeah. would it's have a relative. really difficult time to say there is no evil. So, with that, Rick... Mm-hmm. Um, we could get in more here and we probably <laughs> we probably should, because I'm sure we didn't get into the things that we need to get into. Um, I mean, there's questions about like um, the great white throne. There's questions about, um,
1: uh, yeah. Like, so I, I just, I just, I just mean, want just to take it to revelation.
0: There's so much, but yeah, go ahead.
1: There's, there's kind of th- three judgments and people, people argue about like when they happen. judgment kind of, some people Days, argue, so
0: to say speak. they all happen at the same time.
1: Some people say they all happen at the same time. Some people say they're separate times. Mm-hmm. But um, the the two that are most common is the great white throne judgment. This is the judgment of um, unbelievers. We see this in Revelation 20, verse 11 through 15, where all the unbelievers are judged. Okay. It's, it's important to remember that, again, that's not for believers, for Christ followers. And there are, there is the judgment for Christians, and this is the judgment seat of Christ, or the bema seat of Christ. And we get this. One well, of the passages we get this from is Second Corinthians five ten. It talks about uh, the day that, that all believers will be judged and given account. And then there's in Matthew twenty five the judgment of the nations. Um, so, so some people argue that it's all one day. Some people, depending on their eccles- or the, their eschatology, they believe it's different days. Uh, but it's just really important, whether it's all one or separate, that's significant. But it doesn't change how we live. We still live. Scripture commands us to be obedient to Christ, to follow after Him, and to be prepared for the judgment. Um, there will not, you know. Sometimes you get this vision that there's gonna be this long line in heaven, and like everyone's kind of like walking towards the the judgment seat, and there's. Jesus is like, okay, you're in, and you're out, and you're in, and you're out. And that's not the case for Christians. Uh, Christ bore the wrath of the judgment against us. That is done. We will have to stand and give an account for our actions and our lifestyle, what we did with the opportunities God has given us. But uh, the the great like decision moment is already over for us. And then for for unbelievers as well, they will – finally be condemned um to eternal punishment yeah so that's kind of three kind of just real quick i think we've we've done an episode on um i think we um, have all of that sounded
0: pretty familiar um so. i do want to give just real quick four <coughs> practical applications based off of the final yeah. judgment um this comes from Grudem's systematic theology so you can find this in chapter 56 but it says this the doctrine of final judgment Um, has several positive moral influences in our lives. Number one, Mm -hmm. the doctrine of final judgment satisfies our inward sense of a need for justice in the world. I think we see a lot of moral outcry about how this is unjust, this is wrong, because in us, us being made in the image of God who is a perfectly just God, we feel that outrage when there is blatant injustice. It goes contrary to what should be. And so knowing that there will be a final judgment where all injustice will be um, made right, that satisfies our need for justice Mm -hmm. in the world. Number two, uh, the doctrine of final judgment enables us to forgive others freely. Um, Grudem says that we realize that it is not up to us to take revenge on others who've wronged us or even to want to do so because God has reserved that right for himself. It's um, when we are wronged, we can um, take that feeling of wanting to get even, and yeah. set that aside, and say, you know what, the Lord is perfectly just. He is going to address this. This will not be overlooked. Even if they get away with That's it right. in this life, they will. Yeah. It will be addressed. Um, so yeah, it enables us to forgive others freely rather than hold on to things. Number three, the doctrine of final judgment provides a motive for righteous living. We said earlier that every act will be judged for every person, and there will be rewards for those who are obedient and those who are faithful. There will be different degrees of reward. Scripture talks about that. It doesn't mean that you can attain salvation through obedience, um, but the Lord will bless those who are obedient. And so it does provide a motive for righteous living. And then number four, the doctrine of final judgment provides a great motive for evangelism. There will in fact be a judgment and all of those who are not in Christ will Mm -hmm. be judged and will be sent to eternal condemnation. And so we so, so need to share the gospel, share the good news that someone has borne, borne our judgment for us and has given us. His righteousness, the only one who has ever lived a life that is capable of living up to the standard that has been set by God, Jesus Christ himself, has now taken our judgment and given us his righteousness so that we can stand before God blameless. These are four things that um, the doctrine of final judgment should affect in our lives.
1: Yeah, and I think it's – it's again, all the stuff, the judgment especially, can be things where and we, we you you hear a sermon on it, you see something, and you're like, okay, I, I agree, or I believe that. Um, but it doesn't work itself into your heart. Mm-hmm. And I think we, we're also good about just beating people over the head with the whole – like if you really believe God's real, then you would – and hell is real, then you would evangelize everyone. And I would say – yeah, but the, the same is – I mean you can apply that truth to, to so many other inconsistencies in our life. Yeah. And y- should we be uh, evangelizing the lost? Absolutely, because oh, yeah. hell is real. Mm-hmm. Uh, absolutely. But at the same time, we know as believers that we're fallen and we're broken. And so I think we, we're just doing a, a disservice when we say, okay, it's, it's, it's this legalistic kind of trick where like if you believe this, then you – you better go out and do it, and people are like, man, I don't have a ton of motivation to go out and evangelize. Yeah. Well, you should be praying about that, and asking the Lord for more motivation. Yeah, absolutely. But you shouldn't. You should not be saying, "Well, oh, I, I must not be a believer because I just don't feel this like unshakable sense. Like I can't, eat, I can't sleep. I gotta, I gotta share the gospel." Yeah. Um, I don't know. I just I, I heard something a while back, a couple weeks ago, maybe. So maybe not that far back, where someone's like, "Man, I just don't believe like." hell if people if hell was real people would be like and they really believed in it Then christians would be out sharing this with everyone they just don't believe it like, yeah i don't think it was a, a belief issue as much as it's it's like atonement and the love of god hmm. i believe it but lord help my unbelief yeah so that's good so man yeah um yeah that's it that's judgment right there it's judgment. gonna happen it's coming i think it's yeah. It's, it's probably not like the left behind series. Um We're not dispes. You know. What's that?
0: I said we're not dispies. Dispensationalists.
1: Yeah. I've been thinking about it though. Stop. <laughs> anyway. No, so I just I just would would finish and just telling people, encouraging those um who have more questions to keep digging into these things. Um and ultimately to know that there is there is no greater hope than that your judge will be the perfect living God. Yeah. Um, he he is Christ is not it's not like he's delegated this out to you know I don't know to incapable um, acts or yeah. people who can care. Like this is the creator of the universe. Yeah. Um, he set it all into motion. He died for all of humanity and he will judge all of humanity. So, oh. yeah.
0: Yeah. So, anyways, if you guys want to get in touch with us, you can head over to our website, simpletheology.org. If you heard something in the episode you want to interact with, you can shoot us an email, info at simpletheology.org, or you can um, interact with us on social media with the hashtag simpletheologypod. You can shoot us a call at 614-233-1098 and leave us a voicemail. Again, 614 233 1098 and Rick, we do have a couple of voicemails new voicemails yeah we've got two we've got two i uh i forgot to bring that up before the episode started so we'll listen to those another time one of them though one of them um was asking about the toot root situation and the what the toot root remember we talked about how we would find out um or i would try to find out how the name toot root came up
1: I have no idea, but we had this
0: conversation. Yeah, we had this conversation on the podcast. We were talking about how when we would take, when I was a kid and my mom would take us home like a not the ordinary route, she would call it a uh, 2 oh. <laughs> and We were like, how the heck? That's do-? why I don't remember it because it's not even a word. <laughs> exactly. So I asked my mom, I was, like, I was like, hey, actually I was talking with somebody about this the other day and uh, I'm trying to figure out how did you come up with that name? And she's like, honestly, I think I got it from your father. And I have no idea how my father got it and my, my dad passed away and- 2015 so i uh haven't exactly had the opportunity to ask him so yeah. <laughs> uh that one's going on un- unanswered folks so we do you, don't know where do that you, came from
1: could you ask a, one of his relatives yeah maybe like an uncle or you're not going to okay that's i mean fine. i mean
0: i can i just
1: i think it's I better think if we it leave a it like a, a, a shroud of mystery there you go a toot root
0: Toot root yep
1: and and to clarify it's it's to route or root Right, not toot root.
0: I I thought it was toot. It's like no toot. T o o t.
1: Oh, that like, makes less sense in my mind. I'm thinking like this is the two root. Like how you gonna get there? You know.
0: Maybe I don't, see. I don't know. Maybe to it is two root.
1: Not like two root. Like and yeah I, yeah you go team. But like and it's root as like
0: r o u t e. In the show notes I spelled it yeah. r o o t, but it's it's like a right. root like, like a route. route. Yeah r o u t e.
1: That's what I'm thinking. I think it's two route. Like maybe. I don't know. Excuse I don't know either. This is a great mystery. Exactly. We're going to capitalize on this. Up. We need We're to, we need to this. shut this
0: thing down. All right, guys. Hope you have a good one. Thanks for tuning in. Peace. Peace out.